This is the episode number 15 of Dev Ranch, WordPress plugin boilerplate. Brought to you by InMotion Hosting. Check out InMotion Hosting for 24-7 support, affordable prices. Learn how you can launch your WordPress in minutes over at InMotionHosting.com. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me at Jason Tucker on Twitter. I'm Steve Zangan. I'm the founder of Zeek Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress Meetup. And I'm Jason Cosper. Say Reed is on assignment. <laughs> Go check us out over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave us a review while you're there. We'd appreciate it. And if you need some merch, we got some merch for you. If you want Steve Zangit's name on your shirt, you can go check it out over at DaveWarder.com slash store. Come on. Everyone wants Zangit right across the, right here. Boom. Zangit. It's going to be awesome. All right. I'll make sure we do one for each last name just to make sure that Steve gets his. <laughs> and we'll get one I, person I, to buy it. I want the analytics on who's selling the most. <laughs> <laughs> how's it going everyone how you doing today good friday to you all we have a friend on the show josh how you doing Josh? pretty good tell us a little bit about you what you got going on and then we'll jump into boilerplate sure thanks for having me on my name is josh pollock i am a wordpress plugin developer and php and javascript uh, developer from pittsburgh pa I've been doing WordPress development for six, seven years now. Previously, I had started the the company that did Caldera Forms, had been one of the developers on that plugin uh, and worked at a bunch of other places. So today I'm a freelance developer and working on a new product called Plugin Machine that helps you plugin developers get started with plugins, add features to plugins and ship plugins. So really excited to be working on that. It's like we planned this all out. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> Five points for planning. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> so boilerplates and WordPress doing boilerplates for plugins. Uh, I've written one plugin. I'm I'm not that kind of developer. And I was like, I, w- I want to build a website. I want to get this set up. Now I need to build this one plugin. And so I'm like, all right. Let me figure out how to do this. Do I just slap a PHP file into a folder and call it a day? Or do I need to do something else? And that's where I started digging into different boilerplates and and how to put all these pieces together. Why do you need a boilerplate? What's it for? And why is there like all this extra stuff that you're just not going to use in your plugin that you need to package it all together with it? So this has become more complicated over time. There's a history of people building WordPress boilerplates, generators. I find boilerplate to be too simple because the amount of stuff that you might need in a WordPress plugin is really grown, but it depends on the, on the project. So if you're doing block development, there's a lot of excess stuff that you're talking about there. For example, Webpack to compile mm-hmm. things or Babel to convert from JSX right which is what you write react and generally blocks you don't have to use jsx for blocks but i like to it's one of the things that's nice about react so you can't just ship that to a browser you need to 
complex tool chain. And so a boilerplate might have that, and then you might be writing a plugin that doesn't need any of that. And now you just have all this extra stuff. What if you're writing a backend, the plugin that adds some REST API endpoints and custom database tables? You might need a lot of different things. You might need some PHP testing stuff like PHP unit. You might want to compose our autoloader. So I started on the like boilerplate rabbit hole purely for my own benefit. I was in, I'm often in that situation of like, oh, I could do this plugin real quick for you, for myself, for a client. And then I get hung up on, well, hold on. I need to have blocks. I need to have admin pages that use like a mini React app or I need to set up all the testing for PHP or JavaScript. So that started me on this boilerplate rabbit hole, but I think it went beyond boilerplate of building out something that could do that boilerplate for me. But the more I showed that people were saying like, yeah, but I don't know in advance if I need blocks and how many blocks and what the blocks are called, what the block categories are. So plugin machine is something that gives you that basic boilerplate but also gives you both a UI and a CLI to say, okay, now I need a block. Mm. Now I need an admin page. And then it adds those files based on the things that you set up in the beginning. What's the plugin's name and what's its slug and then ask you, you know, what's some additional questions. But I'm trying to create something that asks the least of you and create something that you can start coding right away in. Um, cool. Cause like I'm a nerd for that stuff, but when I'm trying to write like a product, like a plugin, I don't want to think about it. You know what I mean? Right. Like I just want to write. You're muted, Cosper. <laughs> all, all I want to know is do you have a, like a Wapoo version of Clippy that takes you through this whole wizard process? Cause mm. I, if you haven't considered it, I'm just going to float it out there. I, I will take the request, right? So currently I've approached it from the perspective, oh, this is good. This is actually genius. I'm going to do this. But I've gone with the website where you can like click buttons in a form and the CLI. And there's an API. There is no floating Clippy. This could be oh, the metaverse man. thing, right? Like the AI version, you put on your AI glasses and then mm-hmm. who asks you the same damn questions. Are you yeah. saying Jason, are you saying Josh needs a mascot? He, yes, first a mascot, but then he wants like the mascot to ask you questions, Clippy style. And I like this as in terms of adding AR for no reason, which is definitely going to be the products moving forward. I, I see that you're building a plugin. Would you like some help with that? Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't his mascot be a Pollock? Like a little fish? Like a fish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, hmm. we're off track. <laughs> we're <laughs> Sure, sure. <laughs> what color so, are we going to make this? <laughs> so we come here today to talk about the the, the mascot. Yeah, yep. I mean, that, 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 that's about it. Josh, this is the water cooler. Right. right. Yeah. Welcome. Right. welcome. So it's welcome. been fun. I'm always being like the nerd for this stuff in terms of setting things up and getting. Like, it's a joy to me to have to, like, figure out how GitHub Actions does something. And I know most people aren't that way. So I feel like this is a good opportunity to, like, do something very Josh that can help other plugin developers get past lots of the things that are, like, oh, I'd love to write tests, but I don't know how to set it up. 
or, oh, I'd like to write tests, but I don't know what a test looks like. Whereas most people are really good at looking at something and going, oh, I can modify that to be what I need. It's, I think that a lot of the times it's the jump from zero to writing unit tests that can be hard. Whereas the jump from having the tests running and like looking at a test and then making, doing cutting and pasting to the next test and modifying that a little bit to be what you need. That's how we learned. That's what right. was cool about WordPress to me was everything just worked and I can make a change in like a child theme or something. Yeah. So the, if you, Oh, go for it. Yeah. The test thing was exciting to me. I know that I still have to write the test. You're not going to write them for me, but I know that when myself like i'm not as uh good about writing tests and everything else for some of the the smaller one-off plugins that i do to scratch an itch and things like that i'm sure that jason like when he said like i've written one plugin i'm sure that i don't want to speak for you but i'm pretty sure that you probably didn't even think about writing tests for that or anything else. So having no. something that, that kind of helps nudge you in that direction is a, a good thing and, and yeah. something that I'm excited about. Yeah. My next thing was, oh crap, I'm getting pull requests now. How the hell do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the boilerplate part of this is interesting because it's that basic piece just it's the it's the foundation in which you're going to build off of and it seems like for for you josh you're building a dynamic version of the of that boilerplate that people are going to be, then be coding off of what kind of questions are you going to end up asking in order to be able to determine like what do i need to throw in here so that way this person's not having to do this manually i'm, I'm just going to go grab all the components or all the pieces that i need to throw it together and, and make it so that it's easy to work with yeah so some things are like are you going to use react that really changes your wordpress plugin more and more we're using react not just for blocks i'm building like an admin screen right now for a for a client's wordpress plugin where it's a little mini react app um and it, using the same sort of features same same sort of build tool as wordpress has for react and blocks so that kind of stuff, do you envision needing like advanced PHP stuff, tests, autoloader, that stuff. And so then you could start to build on that. You can add more blocks, add more admin pages, things like, do you need custom post types? Do you need custom taxonomies? That kind of thing to get started just so that way there's the infrastructure in there. That's at the level that I'm at now that I've got running now and then I think the next step is being able to act on top of that. Once you have like tests set up and you have admin pages, like create a basic test for does your admin page show up? I think people mm. put a lot of concern when they start getting with testing of like, how am I going to test every little thing? Like, I don't know. Like that's a lot of work, but if you have a test that loads your plugin with WordPress, that's going to catch so many errors. If you make the dumb error where you like just have a syntax problem and it doesn't look at it, if you have one test that loads your plugin and starts like initiating classes from it, 
you're going to all of a sudden have a little bit of confidence when your tests run, like at least these classes, I can instantiate them and they're not going to cause fatal errors. Right. With, with, and that's going to catch so many little things without even having to sit there and figure out how to write really good tests that cover everything. What if you're like me and, and you never have any bugs? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never worked with anybody like that. I've never met a developer that like, what, what this is the thing is, I think that a lot of people get defensive about bugs because it's like, <laughs> whereas like it's an emergent property of software. Like software Load up has Steve's bugs. GitHub for a moment. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. I don't know. Maybe Steve's magic. I've never looked at his code. No, I no. Of course I have bugs. But you're actually, Josh, you make a good point though. Actually, bugs should be celebrated, right? If, especially if you can replicate it, you can solve it, you can squash it. That should be celebrated. Yeah. That's it, where Clippy comes out and starts dancing. Polish. Gets all super excited. Polish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that we're going to workshop the Clippy version here. The Waku Clippy. <laughs> if somebody's watching out there and wants to make me a Clippy that has like a Wapu with a paper clip coming out of it, then maybe. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Uh, I should maybe a, a paper clip coming out of the head and to satisfy Steve, a, a Pollock under the arm. Now we're and talking. Then, yeah. There we yeah. go. I definitely, the branding for this, I've used the like, um, not the hero icon, the what's for Chris Colm, uh, the dash icon for plugin uh, yeah. installed. That's the logo I'm using. Anybody is willing to come on the internet and suggest better <laughs> logos. I don't do branding, but I so like this let, Let's so with the, in regards to the 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 way in which different developers approach picking boilerplates, setting them up, getting them figured out, figuring out what goes into what. What what are you doing with your product that is going to make this much easier, like to yeah. f for that developer? For the most part, I've looked around a lot and talked with a bunch of developers that have, I guess, probably three different categories of what we'll call boilerplate. One, which is probably the most common, is taking the last project, making a copy of it, and doing a find <laughs> and replace. Yeah, uh -huh. that's, uh, that's uh, I edit my wife's podcast, and that is exactly how I do it in Logic. I, I take... Her, the last episode that I edited, pull out the main part, like sandwich the the credits before and after, and then boom, it's done. Right. It's not just developers; it's also uh, podcast editors. Right. <laughs> Definitely. And the advantage of this is that it naturally evolves over time. There's no backporting. It's the it's not managing a whole nother thing. If you're a small agency, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is that. There isn't time for this kind of work if you're a small uh, solo agency or small shop. Like having somebody do this takes time because the next step is you have to maintain like a GitHub repo that's a beginner site or a beginner plugin. And then people download that and do a find and replace. Maybe there's a CLI script that's in there. Maybe there's not, right? To do the find and replace. Right. But that. It feels better when you went like off the top, but it means that somebody has to like maintain that. Somebody has to go and do those backwards compatibility, those changes in that based on 
oh, we have a problem in our current project. Let me change it in the boilerplate. And then I think some people definitely have a form that's set up they can go to on the internet and people maintain these with boilerplate generators open source and at their agency in the past. So those are the three things that exist. But they generally tend to be very stagnant. Yeah, WPPAB.com, right? So WordPress plugin boilerplate. Um, mm -hmm. I've used it. Classic. There's a few more of them. Those are neat. And that's, I started with that exact progression. I took a plugin I had developed. I turned it into a boilerplate. I wrote a little CLI script that could change the names. And then I had two different versions, one that like had all the things and one with just nothing. And then it wasn't useful to me because what if I made the wrong choice? What if I needed those things later? What if I needed data block? I was back to cutting and pasting. So that was the journey that I went on with this. It's like the source code that I'm working from here in terms of the WordPress plugin is very much pasted out of other plugins that I've worked on. But being able to not just have a boilerplate to start, but also to type a few commands and be like, oh, I want block now. And there's just another block that works magically is a step beyond like boilerplate, which already existed. And that's what I'm right. looking at now because yes, the setting up the plugin slows me down and wastes time when I'm doing plugin development. But the other thing that slows me down is I know in my head that I need a block and then it's going to look roughly like this. And then remembering how to do a block means like searching through and finding the last time I did it or going to the internet. Right. These are why people are good at being developers. Like I think I'm good because at WordPress development because I know where to find the answer to things. Yeah. And but that's time. And so the more that we can I, I hope the more that I can help other people just I need a block. I need a unit test. I need a REST API endpoint, whatever that is the more time they can spend on like polishing the plugin, making sure it looks, you know, everything works and that's a better end user experience, right? Like those are the things that there's a finite amount of time in everybody's day. I think that, I think the challenge you're going to have is in figuring out like what's everyone has a coding style. Everyone has a different way of doing things, making yours not be annoying for everyone else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you get in there and you look. You look at your code from, from a week ago and you're like, who the hell wrote this? So yeah. it's the same sort of thing where it's, like, you just got to make sure that you're able to, or whoever is going to start working on this can look at it and go, man, this guy made all these decisions and now I have to like live with them. Hmm. Sorry, Jason. I can't relate to that. <laughs> My code's been perfect since 1995. Well, cut to just a few years ago before the Gutenbergening started to, to really take hold. And <laughs> is that a I, verb? Yeah. The Gutenbergening. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. yeah. And, but everybody was coming out with their own theme boilerplates where it's, oh, I'm doing this with, with bourbon and, uh, boy, just generally like tailwind. I know that yep. there are people who were fond of that or, or tachyons or what, whatever <laughs> CSS framework that they were hot for. 
bootstrap, things like that. And then, um, I mean, look at GitHub, how many abandoned boilerplate projects there are for theme stuff. I went to like, when I knew that we were talking about this, I went to look through and see what the state of boilerplate stuff was for plugins. And honestly, there's not a lot. I, we mentioned the WP, uh, pb.me, which takes Devin Vincent's boilerplate and has like a, a generator, a very simple generator. Uh, but like you look at, there was one that was going around for a while. WP react starter abandoned model waste who does great work has had the Gutenberg boilerplate for Gutenberg developers. He's moved on to another project, create Guten blog. So all, all of these things that people are using, like the landscape is not that, that wide right now. So I, I think that it, it's interesting and it's great that s somebody actually has decided to concentrate and focus on this and think about it in a way that will help developers. And it seems like this is something I, I assume that this will not just be like, you're just giving this away. You're giving all your work away for free. You want to have a, a business model behind this, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, look, I think it would be great if this was a thing that existed for free, but I'm not yeah. going to build that. Right. I, in the economics of open source, I have spent a lot of time looking at in the WordPress community at what does it take to do something community backed? And my answer is uh, not worth it. It's just not worth the energy and it's not going to work. I think that like, this is something where lots of people have started really awesome projects in terms of boilerplates. You mentioned about five or six, I can give you a longer list if you want. I've done a lot of research and why should somebody keep working on this unless it's really valuable to them. It's valuable to their business. It's really valuable to their agency, right? And lots of agencies have these internally for site development that they've maintained, right? Because they're doing tons of sites. Those exist, but they're all specific to a business. And I know that for this to work, people have to pay for it. That keeps my time. This would be fun. I would love if a lot of people pay me for this and I can do it, spend a lot of time on it. But I think that's part of the promise behind a paid project is like, hey, y'all pay money for this and I will keep maintaining it for you. Things don't happen for free in open source. Somebody's got to pay for it. And I think that there's a lot of projects that you mentioned that were cool, but I'm not faulting any of those developers for going where the money is. And it just isn't in building free dev tools for WordPress. Absolutely. And we see all of these plugin acquisitions that have been happening. And a lot of them are happening on the majority of them are happening on plugins that are, have premium solutions. And if they, they don't have a premium solution behind them, the, the idea is, okay, we can start monetizing this.
we're not just giving this away for free. The plugins that I see hosts and agencies and places like that give away for free, like you said, unless it's a core part of their business and someone is paying to, to have them develop this or have them keep pushing on this, it's just not getting updated as much as it should, or it just ends up becoming abandonware. Yeah. I think the push for everything free in WordPress when it comes to plugins and themes, like it's really hurt the ecosystem, right? It's really put a lot of, and I know I went through this with Caldera Forms. That was the plugin that I used to build and tried to turn into a business we'd already given away too much. Mm. And it was really hard to eke out features that people would pay for when we'd already given away so much. And right. and get past that expectation that this should be free. Um, and that made it an impossible business to solve for. And I think that's something that a lot of people have dealt with. And I don't know, that's the way it is. Like businesses cost money to run and have to make money. Steve, you threw a couple links in the chat. Did you want to, did you want to share some of those? Those are a couple things that we've, that we maintain internally for ourselves, but we release them out to the public. So we have a theme called wingspan. That's a starter theme that we build. That is a tailwind starter theme that we, we use for all of our own projects, but we maintain it internally and we also release it to the public. And then we've also got a a package of WordPress utilities that we reuse over and over again that we've also released out to the public as well. Yeah. There's a ton of cool packages that exist. Like 10 up, for example, makes a ton mm -hmm. of open source stuff. Their GitHub repo, including the WP skeleton, which yep. is the WordPress site starter point for new 10 up sites. Like the work, WDS, human made, everybody's publishing lots of cool packages. And that's awesome that you're like keeping your stuff open source, Steve, like for other people to use. Also that it's Tailwind. I know that we're gonna have to get back. We got talked about this earlier, but how great is Tailwind, right? Oh and an example of a business, an open source tooling business that makes all of our lives easier. I built plugin machines UI with it because if not, I would have had to like hire somebody. I can't do user interface work that well, but I spent $150 on Tailwind application UI. And I think it worked out pretty well compared to hiring somebody to build me a user interface. Yeah. And I think that's like the value of these things. But since Tailwind has started having paid options, it's an open source CSS framework, but now there's the Tailwind UI and there's other things that they're doing to monetize it. He's got five people working for him. Adam does now. Tailwind's advancing way faster than it ever did. And there's these cool paid pro products like Tailwind UI that we can all use that $150 saves a lot of time. Tailwind right? UI, I cannot say enough good things about. We use it all the time. Yeah. And I think that it shows that kind of thing. Laravel is another example of an open source project that's been well monetized. Yeah. Um, we're, we're big Laravel developers here. Yeah. And so I think that it works. I think there's a lot of people who have walked around and looked at like, okay, WordPress ecosystem and built their own thing and it really works. 
And I think that, that can happen in WordPress. I'm hoping, having worked on developer tools in the past and now doing this, I'm hoping that we can build, show that there's a business model where uh, developer tooling is worth paying for because it saves money in the long term, right? That setting up a new plugin, figuring out how to get React and all the other things set up can take well, hours. Where the value is, and, and you said this on, on Tailwind UI, what, what do you pay, 150 bucks or whatever the subscription is? Think about how much you'd pay a designer to create all of those layouts. Yeah. Just think about the value that they're giving you for that 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 little thing. See, but it, it just actually, I think we can bring this all back around to to WordPress. The WordPress project was around for quite some time before a lot of people started figuring out how to monetize things. Totally. So we run into this whole cohort of people who are like, oh, I should be able to build my site with nothing but free stuff. And you can, but it, it might, <laughs> you might end up with an abandoned plugin. You might end up with things that don't work quite right, that you because it was free now you have to to troubleshoot it in support forms and dig through all these multiple different places but with tailwind and and laravel they figured out how to to charge early enough in the life cycle of their products that now they can in the case of tailwind they can hire more developers in the case of laravel they've got a robust ecosystem that that has been built out around them. As we've said many times on the show, free is not free, and it, right. and it could end up it could end up costing you a lot more in the long run. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. I, but also, I think we should give the WordPress ecosystem credit that it has evolved. Like Absolutely. the things that you can do on a WooCommerce site without writing code are really impressive today. Totally. But basically, you've got to get into, and I get in, like maybe we, people who work on WordPress sites, sometimes I think get a perspective that's a little skewed because nobody's hiring me unless there isn't a WooCommerce add-on that does what the business needs. Like I don't build WooCommerce sites. I get called, I get hired to create custom functionality for a WooCommerce site. We're like, oh, we have these three plugins and we need like when this does this to like do this with this one, right? That kind right. of work or we need a custom integration. And so then I get in there and I'm like, oh crap, why doesn't it do this? It should do this. But I, I, I sometimes worry that like WordPress developers as a result missed all the stories where people are like, oh man, I have this crazy idea for a business and are able to piece it together with six WooCommerce add-ons and three other plugins. And, yeah. A Zapier and they never write code. It's impressive what you can do. Before we wrap up, one of the questions that was asked in our chat is when's this going to be available? <laughs> Come on, Josh. You talk the talk. Now you need to walk the walk. Come on, answer the question. <laughs> so I'm going to give the honest answer of a week or two. Which uh, from a work from a developer, you know. Because Jim has money in hand. And he wants to, uh, oh, uh, wait, he wants a, to... a week or two of calendar time or development time. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. I also have to make a living, right? Oh. This is the, oh. I have... 
Okay, so I, so a week or two, I think we're thinking was we're, we're saying twenty twenty three. No, okay. So the honest answer is that I need to go over some of these things that it does and make sure that they're right. Like I just need to go over some things with a fine tooth pen and also a comb. I guess is the same. The <laughs> other thing that I need to do is add e-commerce so you can physically give me money. I have there. We go. That's like the big feature that I haven't added, but that's not a big, hard, complicated thing. Talking about boilerplates, geez. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're using a fine-tooth pen, you're doing it wrong. No, but I want to go over things that I've worked on and be like, does that still, does the block that it generate actually compile? That's right, not right. Good. I've been very much focused on like getting that to work. Let's just double check that all these things, like you had a custom post type, like you get a custom post type, not a fatal error, that kind of thing. Yep. QA, the stuff that I need just... to do and build it in. Like just straight, ship it, right? Right? just yeah, ship it, Steve. Say, just channel, channel your inner Steve, and just ship it. <laughs> okay. He doesn't make money off any of this stuff that he does. He just puts it out in the world. Just ship it. A, just... I will say, I know we're going a little bit long, but uh, this little message over my shoulder here: shipping <laughs> done is better than perfect and three months late. Exactly. Think about it. So anyway, a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. honest. Like, <laughs> I can bullshit you and tell you it's coming next week. But oh, I love it. That's where Josh, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show with us. The good and the bad of Davey Watercooler shows is we do a half an hour. Sometimes we do we do three minutes late. So hey, things happen. But I want to say thank you very much for taking your time out to hang out with us. We really appreciate it. And um, we'll have links to uh, all this sort of stuff in our show notes. Talk to you all later. Here's our outro. Go over to wwwwatercoolercom slash subscribe to this content and all the other content that we have going on. If you're listening to this as a podcast, we also do another podcast called WP Watercooler. Go check that out as well. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye.